The Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track. Everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Are there things that can cause a house sale to fall through even when the buyer actually wants it to go through? Hello, I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Leah Dixon. And we're so excited to welcome you back to another episode of The Inside Track, where we share ideas, techniques, and thoughts that we all need, we all deserve, you, I, everyone, so we can turn our house into a home where we can thrive and our families do the best ever. And the answer to that question is, oh yeah, baby, there are reasons, like, Oh, yeah, there are reasons a sale can fall through, even when the buyer is saying, but I really, really want that house. The number one reason that these sales fall through Uh is parents, family, and friends. Family and friends? Family and friends. But Hard to believe, isn't it? It's really hard to believe. (laughs) So why is it that family and friends could help a a buyer not buy the house that they actually want? Well, first of all, I have to start by saying they are well-intentioned. It's not that family and friends will intentionally sabotage a deal. (laughs) They, They want what's best for their family member or their friend. However, they don't always have the right information. They haven't always been along to see all of the other houses that are on the market. Right. So that's probably the number one area that I've watched in that area of family and friends. So we get to go out with an amazing buyer, whether it's a first-time buyer, second-time buyer, third-time buyer, doesn't actually... It shifts it a little bit. The influence seems to be heavier that first time. And yet I've still seen it happen on house number five. Right. Right. They're moving back to town. They've owned homes before. So this isn't a conversation for you if you're just a first time buyer. This is actually anytime somebody's buying a house. I've seen this happen. Right. All too often, actually. And so we get into the house. We look at maybe five houses, we look at maybe seven houses live and in person, or maybe we only look at a couple because we've looked at so many, so, so many online, and online we've done most of our work. Right. The challenge is we didn't bring mom and dad or brother and sister or cousin who's actually an influential source or an influential person in the family in the couple that's buying the house in their life. We didn't bring them into every meeting. We didn't send them every property that was on the market. They didn't see which ones we disqualified and why we disqualified them. And those are very important parts of the process. Well, they're huge, right? right? Because we've had buyers that literally come. We just had somebody the other day purchase online, basically by doing a walkthrough virtually after sending the pictures and all the background information. And they were able to make a great decision based on a virtual walkthrough because they're in another country coming back home. And that can happen. So then we have mom and dad possibly coming to give input 
but they've not seen the process up to then. Exactly. They haven't seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And they're just seeing the best one and have nothing to compare it to. Right. And so well-intended for sure and misguided significantly. Right. And then they end up misguiding the person that wants the house. Exactly. I've had it happen recently where um, a buyer wanted to use a friend as opposed to a building inspector. So oh, my goodness. This friend filled in as the building inspector. and it was Which is okay. If. If. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can hear us not breathing. <laughs> if you're watching, you'll sit, get the energy. You'll get what's going on here. If you're just listening on the radio, and I don't mean just, but if you're listening to a podcast versus the recorded show, you may miss some of the, <gasps> so I'll try and breathe loud so you can catch that part. That's a breath, right? It yeah. takes our breath away, literally, when somebody says, I'm bringing my friend or my father-in-love or my mom or my cousin to do the building inspection. In place of an expert, yes. In place of somebody that does it all day, every day. Exactly. So in this particular situation, it was quite apparent right from the beginning that this person did not have experience as a building inspector and went through the house not as thoroughly as a building inspector would, but appeared to go through just looking for reasons to tell the potential buyer that this was not the house for them and found a few things, potential things that he thought may be a problem and scared her and told her this is a potential problem, run away from the house. And she did. And now I know I've known her a long time. She's been a returning client. She's somebody I adore and love and have helped us several times and grateful that she's back. This time she's buying the house essentially on her own. In the past, she had a partner to do it with. So that shifts is harder when you're doing it alone. So you're looking for more people to influence you, especially somebody you trust. And yet the challenge is now we're having a very difficult time. Right. And are going to continue to have a very difficult time finding a better house than the one that got away. Yes, it was actually a very good house. And yes, there were some problems with it, um, but they were problems that could have easily been dealt with. And in any home, if we're buying even a new construction, there's things that maybe aren't quite right. And if we're buying a resale property, we're actually not looking for every little tiny idiosyncrasy and inefficiency. We're really looking for things that are going to be problematic. Right. Right. Like big deals. Every home has small things that oh, can yeah. be improved. If someone, if a building inspector walked through my home right now, I'm sure they would have a list of things that yeah. I should be working on. Right. But that doesn't mean that I don't have a good house. Right. Exactly. So influence of another can create what I call confusion. 
so much confusion that even though the buyer is saying to me, I really want that house, I really do. I just can't now, based on the input from the others that love me. And like, they're in it for my best interest. And they are. Like, there's no doubt in my mind that the interest is to protect. Yes. And sometimes they end up through the confusion being protected from doing what is best. So I don't know if that's protected or harmed. Well, it, it's, it could be a combination of both, <laughs> depending yeah. on the situation. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we really want to be careful, and I'm just a word of caution, to think in advance of who do you want to have influence your sale? Like whose voice are you going to listen to? Create your dream team in advance and get them involved in the ground floor. Exactly. Right? Wisdom is worth way more than silver and gold. And it's true wisdom to get them in there early on in the process. What financially can go wrong or sabotage my sale once I've already decided I'm all in? We've created for you over 367 episodes of the Inside Track where we can get give you, and we do give you, insider tips. We learn about what makes a house a home. We get to get aware of where we grow wealth, how we can best grow wealth, and how do we protect the asset of our house, whether it's our typical property or investment property. And you can watch those episodes either on the go or from the comfort of your home or your office. They're there for you anytime you're looking for them and ready for them. Now, Leah, Yada. financially, yes, it's such a big thing because financially there are so many things that can go wrong. This is one of those times where you actually want to look behind you. It's prudent to look behind you as well as ahead of you because your history can come and bite you or something you didn't know could happen that's down the road could get in your way and sneak up and bite you. Right. Or something that you don't know is going to be a potential problem that you do yourself. A lot of times you think, okay, I'm going to purchase this new furniture for my new home because there's this special that says I don't have to pay for a year. Well, right. if I don't have any financial obligation to this company for a year, that's not going to affect my financing, right? Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> and so on this episode, we're going to talk about those things that you want to be aware of, you want to be in the know about so that they don't bite you. And one of those things is not spending money. Don't make, ideally, any changes from the time you put the offer in until you move into your home. After you move in and you've received the mortgage funds, I mean, if you're buying a house for cash, and we have clients that buy a house for cash, if you're buying a house for cash, you, you'll get little insights from the show and yet not so applicable for you. In Canada, in the Ottawa market, it is rare. It's uncommon to buy a home for cash with your own cash and not use any of somebody else's cash. So Leah, as we're thinking about that and we're saying, don't make any changes 
What kinds of things are we saying, please don't make that change? Well, anything financial, any sort of financial change, changing your job. Um, yes, you know, the, the lender will look at your, your employment history and what you're making. But if suddenly that changes, that changes the whole financial situation. Especially if you're changing into another career. Right. I've seen it work okay, but you'll want to like be careful, right? Ideally shift the job after you've moved, mm-hmm. except if you're in the same industry and you're employed by somebody, it's probably fine. Right. And yet you want to make sure of that before you do it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Borrowing money, even where you don't have an obligation to pay the money for a long period of time, still means it was a credit check pulled and still shows up as a debt. Right. Even if you're not paying it now. Even an outstanding balance on a credit card can get in your way. So you want to have your credit cards paid off. So we're saying don't change anything, which is so ambiguous, right? Like, what is that really? So the practical things are keep the job you've got. Don't open a new business, not at least where it's your primary source of income. You can open a secondary business before you move. That's totally cool because it doesn't really show up anywhere. You're just getting started and you're getting set up for what you'll do down the road. But I wouldn't leave your place of employment and launch a business or even shift careers. Mm -mm, Please don't. The other thing is keep zero balances on your credit cards. If you've got amounts of money that automatically come out, you've got auto withdrawals. I have so many of those. If you have those, what you'll want to do is pay extra money on your credit cards so that when those auto withdrawals come out or auto charges come out of your account, you're still sitting at a better than zero account, zero charge. Really, really important. Don't buy a car. Oh my goodness, please don't, unless you're paying cash. Again, cash is king, cash is queen, cash is aunt, cash is it. So if you have cash for something, that doesn't affect your credit. So as long as it doesn't affect your down payment. So if it means you now have to borrow more because you took that cash out of your house account, then that could cause you grief. So ideally, just keep, this is that one time in life when you're about to move into a mortgage situation that you didn't previously have, where status quo, we're staying consistent is probably the most vital of any other time. I'm not a big one for saying status quo. I think stretching and growing and changing is the way to live life. And when it comes to getting a mortgage, status quo is the way to go. Even if you're remortgaging, like this doesn't just apply if you're going to buy a new home. This is also applicable whenever you're going to get a new mortgage. If you get a new mortgage that you need to pre-qualify for with a new institution, or even with the one you have, unless it's an auto renewal, 
and they're not pulling another credit check, which they can certainly still do even on an auto renewal, you want to make sure that things are squeaky clean any and not changing any time you're shifting into another mortgage. And it's not only our personal finances that are going to affect our financing either. What happens if the appraisal of your new home comes in far below what you purchased for it? Sometimes the lender will say, well, your house isn't worth what you've paid, so we're not going to finance the the amount that you would like. Right. Or you have to come up with more cash to be able to finance it. Right. Right? And so you want to have those in reserve. So having a family member that's got really lots of money sitting in an account somewhere or having... Be nice to them. Be really nice (laughs) to them because they may help you out if you get a surprise. Right. The other area where that can happen is if there's land with the property. We're, you know, having growing your own food, having a hobby farm, having those extra acres to roam, having the privacy is quite popular. And... Sometimes and often, depending on the number of acres, the appraiser, the bank, only wants an appraisal for the value of the house plus two or three or four acres and exclude the balance of the acreage. And so now all of a sudden, the appraisal doesn't work. So you need to have enough cash really to pay for the land portion up front. And it could also affect things tax-wise. So that's another thing to look at. But that's a different show, different conversation, right? So just being really cautious about what it is you're actually borrowing for and being aware of what those specific pitfalls could be on a particular type of property. Right. Right? And so if you're thinking, hmm... This is a little more complicated than I thought. The financial picture is a little broader. A general call to us may just help you avoid getting caught in something and not being able to buy the home that you really, really want. We're so excited that for over 30 years, we at the Decker team have been able to journey with you to help build wealth, to grow wisdom, not just around real estate, not just buying and selling and investing, although we got to we got a handle on that. It's really been so much more. It's been about helping individuals thrive in their life as a whole. And so we're grateful that you've let us do that. Bring us into your home and into your finances and into those things that actually help you thrive. Thank you. And so today, building inspectors and how they can actually cause us sometimes to lose the house we really want. And what do we have to do to make sure that our interests are actually protected. So building inspectors are fantastic in general. Mm -hmm. Having someone come and inspect the house before you make that full commitment to it is wonderful. However, there are many different types of homes out there. A city home is very different than a country home. Mm. A home that is over 100 years old is very different than a new build. So it's important to pick the inspector based on the type of house that you're buying. They have to have experience in that certain area. Otherwise, you don't know if they're guessing or if they're going to miss things. It's just really important that they know what they're talking about in that particular area. Exactly. And so what you want to do, how you might 
safeguard yourself against having the wrong inspector is actually, even if we book the appointment for our clients, I think it's a great idea. Phone them, have a conversation with them. Now, if we've personally matched you to somebody, it's because we believe they're the right fit for you as well as the right fit for the house. If you're making the decision by yourself, you're really looking for somebody that's going to be a match for you, for sure. That is important. And you're also looking for somebody that's a match for the house. It's two very different conversations that we're having. And when somebody chooses an inspector that has no experience, one of the biggest pitfalls is that we end up with inspector and second opinions and third opinions from outside parties. And it creates a lot of additional cost. And what it does probably more that concerns me is it actually creates doubt. Right. Doubt, confusion, chaotic thinking, the ability now not to be able to make a great decision. And there is a time factor to consider as well. If you have a condition of building inspection and now your building inspector says, well, I don't know about this part of your home, you need to have someone else in, you have a limited amount of time where you can find another expert, get them in and get their opinion before you can be comfortable waiving your condition. Exactly. So choosing an inspector that actually has expertise. And I know we all had to get started somewhere. Right. Like, we really did have to get started somewhere. There was a time when I'd sold zero houses and I'm just so grateful that it worked out okay because having experience is important. So experience in the type of house and experience in general. I mean, we just recently had somebody come into a property that was pretty new at inspecting and the uncertainty that now is created for the buyer where there was no need for uncertainty. There was nothing really of concern. So the other big thing around building inspections is being clear, crystal clear up front, what the purpose of it is. The purpose is not to find all the little niggly, annoying, pesky things that are wrong with the house, because there is not a home, new or otherwise, that I couldn't create or an inspector couldn't create, if that's what they were there for, a page of deficiencies, whether it's grading, whether it's missing caulking around some of the windows, some of the doors, or all of the windows and all of the doors. The reality is it's there to be had if that's what you're looking for. Except as an inspector, that's actually not what they're there looking for. What they're there looking for is the big ticket item those things that are deal breakers and those things that are beyond the delayed deferred this year's maintenance. I mean, I say to every buyer, count on doing this year's maintenance. Some of it may have been done, but reality is just count on it. Count on doing some grading. Enjoy getting outside with a shovel and a bucket, bucket of dirt, and maybe it's a whole lot of wheelbarrows. Maybe it's a tractor trailer load. Well, usually not. But sometimes it's significant grading. 
And yet that's kind of a common thing because around the foundation, earth is going to settle. If it hasn't been topped up in four or five years, you're going to have a depression and you're going to get some water. We're going to talk about that in another episode though, the water part. So really just being aware of what you're looking for in the front end. It's great to get all the little items and to be very particular. Just don't let them be your decision-making point because you may be very disappointed. You move on to the next house, it's going to have the same list. Or a different list, but the same sort of idea. Yeah. Exactly. Every house has things. Right. Yeah. What, what are some of those things that you even know about your house, Leah? I'm sure there's a whole list of things. I have a great house and I'm very happy in it, but I'm sure a building inspector could go through and, and just create a huge list of deficiencies and things that I should be doing. Absolutely. Yeah. Because there's always more maintenance to be done than we seem to get to. Exactly. And now I know, I'm going to speak to you that's very particular. I have been in a home that I can find next to nothing. And I'm going to tell you those are rare and far and few between. There are people that are right on top of it. They are particular, they're meticulous, and so is their home. That's not typical. And so many a sale will fall through just due to things that are typical. And so I'm going to encourage you to really get clear up front, what are your expectations? What are you looking for? Because when we go through the home, and so the other piece of that is having a realtor with you that actually understands what a building inspection is going to do and also able to identify in advance so many of the things that are going to come up. Most of the time, it's just about having the building inspector verify what we already believe to be true about the house. That's the way it works best. If we get a lot of surprises, again, big surprises cause concern. And so really just be incredibly crystal clear upfront about the purpose, who's doing it, why they're doing it, how they're doing it. And you're going to have a great sale because what ends up happening if you buy the, don't buy the house because something little has been, been thrown out of proportion. That is like a biggie. A little item gets made into a big thing when it's really not a big thing, but it's all of a sudden been blown out of proportion. When that happens and the buyer walks away, which I've unfortunately seen many a time and then resold the home. My daughter even bought a home a few years ago, not the one she's in now, because that was my house. However, another one where we'd had it sold, walk, I popped over during the building inspection. And I knew immediately as I walked into that house with the inspector, wasn't my inspector, wasn't my buyer, that they weren't moving forward. Because there was things being brought up that were insignificant and treated as though they were significant. So just get clarity up front. Just help yourself. So because otherwise that house is going to get more beautiful in your mind's eye. And it's just going to be really difficult to find a property that's ever going to match the one that got away because it gets better than it really was. Right. So we're so grateful to be your partners moving forward together because together we've got this. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.